Life is cyclical and we have our highs and our lows, our ebbs and our flows. We move from spring to summer to fall to winter. It's this life, death, and rebirth cycle that is just the undercurrent of everything that we experience in this world and we don't give ourselves enough compassion to realize that we're part of that nature and part of those same cycles. Hello, welcome to Balance and Moderation. We're a wellness podcast with some personality. Join me, Rob Young, and my friend Sheridan Lee on our pursuit of healthiness in the real world. Big love is the motto and our message is for everyone. So please don't forget to share this with all the beautiful people in your life. Enjoy. We heard the clicks again, so that's a yep, good sign. That is a good sign. Because that's wasn't happening at all when it wasn't working. So we're talking right now. Should we just try to roll with it? What's your Yo, What's your take? I am so afraid of, of I know. turning this off right now because it's working, and we're going. Okay. Let's see if it goes five more seconds. Let's Let's say ten seconds. Okay. So we got like ten seconds. We'll hang out for a second, and if it keeps working, let's just keep rolling. Okay. Just get this fucking. <laughs> I know, bruh. I yeah, mean, I'm so sorry, Cher. I know no, it's frustrating it's on your totally end. No, it's totally fine. Like, I, it's, like, I don't honest, think you're mad at me, but no. I know it's frustrating from your end because it's like, you don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm supposed to be the tech guy. And it's like, well, mm. I'm just like out here in la la land. Like, I don't really know what's going on. I'm just here for the ride. But, um, well, I it have is no... working now. Okay, good. So good. I just completely reset the computer. Okay. Like hard reset. I tried just to reset the software before. I guess that wasn't enough. Yeah. And I don't know why it works now, but well, it's working now. We are in Mercury retrograde after all. And I know sometimes people are like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. But I don't know. I always find that there's always something that goes on with technology that kind of messes up around this time. Technology and communication are both ruled by Mercury. So I think a lot of us have had a lot more misunderstandings, miscommunications, and also just... Uh, trouble with our technological devices so yeah i don't know i don't know it's this has been very frustrating and it's also brought me a lot of anxiety yeah exactly i feel like i'm a little bit out of control i can't help the situation i need to get something done and it kind of hangs over my head and yeah so i've had to deal with that anxiety yeah so how have you been dealing with that anxiety? Have you been doing anything to alleviate it or just having to learn how to accept it? Yeah. I, I Besides this technical difficulties, I have been <laughs> dealing with more anxiety over the last couple of weeks. And part of that is just work. Work mm -hmm. is very up and down and it was up for a little bit. And now it's back down again. And then it's, it's some stuff that's out of my control. And the biggest way that I've been dealing with my anxiety is trying to stay on top of my inflammation and how I'm eating. Because okay. I feel like when my body's inflamed, I, have, I just have anxiety in general. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think anxiety is something that is twofold. And I think most people that are living in today's modern world experience anxiety. I don't know if anxiety was something that like our parents or our great grandparents generation experienced a lot, but you know, who's to say, uh, but I definitely know that we do a lot. And I think a lot of it has to do with our inputs and, a lot of our inputs have to do with our food sources. And so if our food sources are highly inflammatory, filled with omega-6, oleic acids, different things like that, um, then it actually does trigger like a cortisol pathway in the body, which can make you more stressed out and more anxious throughout the day. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. You kind of said talked about, you touched on the generational thing. And you kind of hear that from older generations. They're like, what depression? We never had depression growing up or anxiety. Like, what's anxiety? And you kind of have to stop and think about it. And it's like, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have instant access. You couldn't send emails. So, like, you kind of just had to accept the fact that things weren't going to get done right away. You could get a job right out of high school and then be able to put a down payment on a house like a couple years later. Yeah. Yeah. Like a house was like 25 grand. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Oh my God. That, yeah. The house that I'm in right now, and I don't even own this house, but it's a house that probably should be worth like 150 and it's being offered for like 325 and it's just absolutely absurd. No way that I can realistically buy a house, especially when the market's like this. And that causes me anxiety too, especially because, you know, we're both hardworking people. I'm in my mid twenties, you're in your early thirties and we're, you know, moderately successful people. And I feel like at this point we should be able to be like, yeah, we could comfortably buy a house with our partners. And then it's just not as much of a reality as it is for at least previous generations. And I think a lot of times that gets, you know, not taken into account when older generations are thinking about, oh, why are you guys so stressed out? Like, you yeah. guys are fine. You guys have so much opportunity. It's like, well, sort of. You hear that from older generations, though. that They kind of poo-poo the idea that we are dealing with anxiety collectively. And they almost put it in the sense of you don't have anxiety you just think you do you hear somebody else have it and then it's like almost like placebo effect like oh you have anxiety i have anxiety and i'm i kind of fall more in the camp of i do think anxiety is real and it's there and a lot of us deal with it i just fall into the camp like you were kind of touching on before that has nothing to do. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do. That's just some uh, update that has, we're, we're still good. We're still rolling. Okay, thank we're God. We're still good. We're still rolling. Uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody heard that on the other side. Okay, but good, we got a little good. notification. We're a little jumpy right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is like our 12th time trying to record yeah, this episode yeah. this week. So anyways, we'll keep rolling with it. Overcoming our anxiety Overcoming every anxiety, step of the way. It, going with it. But I, I, <laughs> I kind of fall into the camp. Like you were saying is, I don't think it's like us collectively. I don't think it's how we necessarily were raised or anything like that. I really think it is the environment that we live in, the toxicity levels, and not just physical toxicity levels, but mental toxicity levels. The news that we absorb is completely different. Social media throws a huge monkey wrench. And because you want to talk about anxiety, a lot of anxiety comes from expectations we put on ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, 
our parents didn't grow up with a 24-hour news cycle. It was on at like 7 in the morning and 7 at night and that was it. There was like shows didn't run 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. You would turn on a TV and if there was no programming, it would just be like that fuzzy stuff that, you know, we used to see when we were like growing up in the 90s. But, you know, you don't see that anymore on TVs. There's constant media, constant influx of news and inputs and stimulus. And, you know, it's not to say that there's all negative sides to that, but it's definitely frying our systems if we keep playing into it and we're unconscious of our almost like this unspoken agreement or consenting to taking in all of these inputs with no boundaries, with no reservations. Mm -hmm. And you have that. And then on top of it, you don't just have the news cycle and the constant news input. You also have the input of everybody's fucking opinion (laughs) on social media. And then it adds social anxiety because I'll go out with friend groups and it's like, I know the political views of this person and I know this person, I know this person. And I'm literally trying to navigate the conversation where like, I don't want to bring up this topic because it's going to cause tension between this person and this person, or Mm -hmm. it's going to, it's going to be an awkward conversation, or I'm going to have to deal with, with an argument about this certain thing. And I, that adds so much social anxiety. And that's another one you hear a lot too, is everybody has social anxiety nowadays. Yeah. And I think that was something I really struggled with a lot as a kid. I mean, even like as a child, when I was not on the internet, not on social media, and I don't know if this is just some sort of circuitry that I came in with, but when I was a kid, I was terrified to go to school. I was terrified to go to my extracurricular events, terrified to go to a friend's house. And there was just this fear of maybe just not being good enough Mm -hmm. or that I wasn't prepared. And I think there was just like this perfectionistic ideology that I had of, I have to show up as a perfect person or else I'm not, it's not worth me showing up. Like if I forgot my homework at school when I was in second grade like my folder I would have a total fucking meltdown like I had to go home like Mm -hmm. I was just a wreck and it's funny because I don't really know where that came from because my parents never put a lot of expectations on me like in a good way so I'm just kind of like that's still one that kind of stumps me is I'm like where is this like you know heaviness, especially even as a child coming from. And thankfully I've learned how to overcome it, but I still don't really know like Where the origin from. story, so to say. I don't know. I mean, I understand the perfectionist thing. You want to be, I almost over-prepare a lot and it gives me anxiety when I'm under-prepared. Oh yeah. But then I also get anxiety preparing so that I'm not underprepared. And I don't know. I mean, I know where it comes from for me. Where does it come from? I mean, my parents didn't do this on purpose, but my parents were so focused with us achieving and like being better and getting to a better point in life than the way they were, especially because, you know, like one side of, of, of my parents grew up in a really rough area. They were in and out of projects growing up and it's, so they were so focused on school and all these things and that they would, I always got rewarded for things when I succeeded and then either nothing happened or I got punished when I didn't Mm. and not even like punished, like, Oh, you didn't do well at baseball today. You're grounded. It's like, I'm disappointed in you. You didn't get any hits today. 
Yeah. And it's not like I got punished or I got grounded for it or it was like I'm taking away money. It was like I'm disappointed in, in you. And then on the flip side, they used to like monetarily give me like incentives. Like if I got a certain grade, I got t- like a certain amount of money if I got that many tackles in football. And they always were incentivizing me. And it kind of, I think, I don't think they were purposely doing it. And in a one it's a way, double-edged sword. in one way, it made me very competitive in a good way. But it's funny, and I know I bring everything back to jujitsu because I've been a little obsessed. But mm-hmm. the greatest jujitsu player of all time, he talks about his first match, and his father, who's one of the godfathers of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, told him, "Son, if you win, you get one, you get one prize. If you lose, you get two prizes." Interesting. And it's like. He still got whatever the prize was, the treat, the ice cream or whatever it was after. And then the second prize was, I'm not disappointed in you. I'm not mad. <laughs> like, Aww, but, wait, that's really sweet. Yeah. So, and I think it kind of gives you a freedom to, to express yourself or to compete or to do whatever your task is. So I wonder, I mean, I know it maybe necessarily wasn't your parents, but was it the school system or did you have any like negative reinforcement when you didn't achieve certain metrics? Interesting question. I'm still like racking my brain about that. And I don't really know. Like it was very much an internalized thing, even mm-hmm. since I was a kid. I mean, because you still deal with that now, like the perfectionism. Yeah, that's where a lot of your resistance comes from, absolutely, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I mean, thankfully, I feel like I've come so far in my journey as far as accepting myself and realizing that I don't have to show up as a perfect person in order to put myself out there or create content or go into a social setting. Something that I actually got from a friend was she is a Reiki master and she often struggles with, you know, taking herself out of her work because it's so expensive energetically for her to be a conduit and for her to like basically help people heal their own emotional and mental and spiritual traumas. She tells herself, it's okay if I don't show up as my 100% today. I can show up as my 70%. I can show up as my 50%. But that's better than me not showing up at all. And that's something that has really resonated with me, especially when I'm thinking about hanging out with people that I love. I would always think to myself, okay, I'm not at my 100%, so I'm just going to opt out. I'm going to say that something came up. I can't make that meeting. I can't make that family dinner. I can't make this birthday celebration just because I'm not at my best self and I don't want other people to see that of me. And now... I have a lot less resistance towards situations, even if I'm not feeling my best, because nine times out of 10, if I actually put myself in the situation, it makes me feel better. So there's a lot to kind of unravel from that conversation, but something that I've just really been working with is just showing up even if I'm not feeling my best. And it has allowed me to actually have less anxiety in my life and overcome more resistance because I'm not letting my excuses be the reason why I don't um, Mm -hmm. live my most fun and joyous life. It sounds like what you're putting down is a lot of the way you deal with anxiety is getting a mentality shift in the situation and kind of reframing it in your mind. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even another framework, um, I got this off of TikTok, which is really funny, but there was just this person who came online and was just like, the point of life is to have fun. 
And so if you're presented with two opportunities that are somewhat equivalent or even barely equivalent, choose the one that you're going to have the most fun. And I promise you it is going to pay dividends in every other area of your life, even if it doesn't look like it on the surface. And so that's kind of been a framework that I'm just kind of exploring, kind of experimenting with. But even earlier this week, I had the opportunity to go to a concert, but I was feeling a lot of anxiety about it for a different number of reasons. And I almost backed out. And then I remembered that. And I was like, you know what? I'm still going to go. I don't think that X, Y, and Z situation is going to occur. It's probably just, you know, happening in my mind. Did a little meditation meditation and whatever. And then I went to the show and I ended up having an amazing time. So that's awesome. Yeah. Which so concert was it? It was the still woozy concert. Oh Janice. yeah. You love yeah. still woozy. I do. You had to go to still woozy. I do. But there was, um, a couple like social anxiety situations that were kind of underneath the surface. There's a lot that going on in the world right now. a lot. And yeah. And even like in my personal life, there was like a couple of things that I was like, Oh, I really hope I don't have to deal with this here. But you know, even just collectively there's been a lot of heaviness recently so yeah definitely um i i like the idea of doing what's more fun i think that can get taken out of control oh absolutely like if you're like absolutely should i do this project that i is due for work tomorrow or should i go out to the bar with my friends it's like uh, yeah, and and that's the whole thing again, balance but I and think, moderation. But I think like what you were saying with the situation, it's like you didn't have like an either or situation. It was like I'm concerned that it may not be exactly what I want it to be, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna stay home and do nothing. Exactly. And it's like, well, like go give it the chance. You have a better chance of having a great time going out to a concert than staying at home and what? What were you? What were you gonna do at home? Do nothing. Maybe maybe smoke some weed and chill out. And chill out a little bit. <laughs> Which is still Which fun is not time. a bad time. But I probably would have even felt more anxious at home being like, God, I wish I went to the concert. Mm-hmm. And even you there get was that FOMO. Yeah, exactly. FOMO's definitely a real thing. And I feel like that's a form of anxiety. It is. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And there is also JOMO, the joy of missing out. Okay. You know, so, and it's always, you have to figure out what is the most resonant for you right now. If you're feeling kind of like up in your head and anxious and that you're concerned about the future and then there's this event that sounds like it's going to be really fun and, you know, you're just like, I just don't know if I can do it. I would encourage you to at least try to go and get outside your comfort zone because like I said, nine times out of 10, at least for me, I always feel better. But if you have just been like overworked and exhausted, your mind, your body and your spirit is just running on empty, then listen to your body and realize when it is time to like pump the brakes. So I think every situation has, you know, a balance to it, a pro and a con. And you just have to figure out where you're at in that moment and really listen to yourself and act accordingly. I think that is well said. Um, you touched on getting out of your comfort zone. When I, when I view like getting out of your comfort zone, I feel like that's a muscle you almost have to flex. Oh yeah. And do you think that if you don't flex that muscle enough, you're more susceptible to anxiety? A hundred percent. Yeah, especially from a social standpoint. If you're not used to being uncomfortable, then... 
Well, and even think about, you know, the last two years with the pandemic. I mean, so many people in different parts of the United States and the world that were forced to stay home um, for extended periods of time. And then when they actually had the opportunity to leave their house, they were so anxious to be around other people, Mm -hmm. whether it was a physiological anxiety or a psychological anxiety and you know there's so much nuance to that conversation but still there have been you know long-term consequences of how it has affected our psyche and even our children's social development um for how we dealt with it over the last couple years yeah i really feel bad for the kids but um you know you kind of made that distinction that uh physiological versus psychological and i think we've been touching on the psychological But from the standpoint of the physical side of it, I think there's a lot going on and a lot of things we do that we don't realize increase our anxiety tremendously. Our addiction to caffeine, our addiction to sugar, uh, a lack of micronutrients in our diets. Um, And then, you know, you get into like canola oils and processed food. And I think a lot of people, you know, people, there's a good amount of people out there that are taking, uh, pharmacological substances to to deal with anxiety or they're self-medicating with marijuana for anxiety. And the problem with that too is marijuana is good for anxiety for, to a point. And I know this from personal experience, but once you like, if you overwork that cannabinoid system, eventually it's going to turn on you and you're going to get more anxious. Mm-hmm. And then you get a point where you're like, you're anxious and then you smoke to get less anxious and then you get more anxious and it kind of creates this vicious cycle and then you start coming down from getting high and then you're anxious because of that and you feel like you got to smoke more and you get like almost trapped yeah. in this cycle. And I think that's a, I think that's a concern I have. Obviously, we both have been at points in our lives and, and we're, I, don't, I don't know if we're ever going to get to a point where we completely stop smoking. I know <laughs> we've gotten to a point where it's much more controlled. Yes, in it's our a lives. lot more, lot more moderation. And, yeah, a lot more moderation than that. And I think that's key, especially in, in those kind of things. I think marijuana can have a lot of benefits, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like a lot of pro marijuana people are like, it's good for everything. It's going to make your life, every, it can make everybody's lives better. Like, no matter what, you just got to get the right strain and you got to do this, but... That is the funniest part of the conversation is, oh, you just got to get the right strain. It's like, okay, there's some validity to that, but only to a certain extent. And that extent is very, very minuscule to like the entire conversation that we're having. Exactly. And then if you look at marijuana, like it's not the way we are consuming it. It's almost like the food conversation like a a banana is not bad but some like synthetically grown banana that's loaded with chemicals and is is genetically modified and doesn't have the same nutrients that it should have is not that good for you mm-hmm. even if it's a banana and it's like the weed that we smoke now that everybody's doing to kind of de- and that's the biggest thing you hear is i smoke weed because i have anxiety but the problem is the ratio of CBD to THC in most of the weed we smoke is way off. Yeah. Because it's all synthetically grown now in the freaking the capitalistic, the, the nature of capitalism is how are we going to get the most out of this for the least cost and take shortcuts? And then what happens? We get these. How ba- high can we go? Yeah. How high can we? Exactly. Like, l- like literally, literally how high can we go and how much money can we make? And when you get that. 
a lot of people are getting high. Like, you shouldn't be tripping balls while you're on marijuana. No. Like, it should put you in a good mood. It should open your brain up a little bit, and you should be able to relax. But people literally, almost like the way some people describe, like, oh, I took an edible, and I felt this, this, and this. I'm like, are you sure you didn't take mushrooms? Yeah. One of my, <laughs> I was actually just talking to some of my friends that were in town this weekend, and... um one of my good friends makes, you know, pretty good um, can of butter. And she made these brownies with some, like, already vape tweed. So she didn't know how strong it was. And so she put a lot in there. And her and her boyfriend ate some of the brownies. And they said that they were high for 48 hours straight. Damn. Yeah. Damn. 48 hours straight, like, could not sleep, could not eat, couldn't function absurd I had absolutely like a, absurd i had about a 20 hour high with the first time i took edibles yeah i like went to bed and i couldn't fall asleep because i was so high at first and i finally fell asleep and then i woke up the next day and i was high till about eight o'clock the next day yeah i've never really had an experience like that i've definitely been like super uncomfortably high where it's just kind of like a similar experience with psychedelics it's kind of like oh when is this gonna end yeah. <laughs> but one of my friends you know we we were young and i think she was high for like 72 hours straight and Jesus. we like had to go to driver's Jesus. ed school like that driver's week. ed school and i was like dude i, I don't think you should be driving learn. right you should now learn young. exactly um, anyways but no but funny I, I think that's a good part of the anxiety conversation is not just marijuana but these things that we look at as everybody would think oh you do heroin all the time that's definitely bad yeah but I kind of have, and, and something I've been working with and, and, and kind of building a structure and, and starting to write a little bit about is almost these subtle addictions. Yes. And these subtle substances like sugar, caffeine. And I almost would include marijuana in that because it's in, in like alcohol is definitely, we know that it's bad, but I think people, people live in this world where they're like, oh, and I have like a couple drinks a day or like I just drink mm -hmm. one drink with dinner and it's, that can increase anxiety, not just from the alcohol and the stress that it puts on your system, but if you have two drinks, you're fucking up your sleep tremendously. A hundred percent. And that's the thing too, is like, you know, because throughout most of my life, I've always been more prone to smoking than drinking. And I think for myself, you know, oh, if somebody is drinking every single night, then that's a problem. But, you know, if I looked at myself in college and I was smoking every night. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that as a problem. And so that's even just a bias right there. Yeah. But if you're having to consume any substance every single day for a certain dosage, a certain frequency, or else you can't do, you know, a basic daily function, you know, food is an exception to that, but you know, everything else then it can be a huge problem. And it can actually, like you said, cause more anxiety because you're becoming dependent on it. And that's mm -hmm. a whole part of the conversation too, is this idea of dependency and how it relates to our anxiety or our perception of anxiety in our lives. Yeah. And that dependency just isn't always just physical. You know, sometimes we can get anxiety. You were talking about social anxiety. If your very best friend isn't going to be there, all of a sudden it changes the whole outlook on the situation. 100%. And we can be addicted to almost the people that we have around. And if anything changes and, and something throws off, it's not in homeostasis, we get, we get out of whack. 
and then just trying to stay back. I don't want to get off topic, but the substances, I mean, I think anything that screws your sleep up, which includes marijuana, I know a lot of people out there are like, I need marijuana to sleep. Like, it messes up your sleep. You're not hitting REM. No. Nope. Like, you don't get a good night's sleep. Like, you can, you can smoke a bowl before bed, get nine hours of sleep, and still be tired the next day because you literally, your brain didn't get any rest throughout the night. Your body may feel rested, but your brain's not. Yeah. And I think a lot of this anxiety conversation kind of comes down to sleep. It absolutely does. And, you know, even thinking about caffeine, which is, you know, my baby, I love caffeine. And, hey. You know, I'm already like 200 milligrams deep today. Yeah, exactly. But when I was 16 years old, I was drinking about 64 ounces of coffee a day. Mm-hmm. And as a 16 year old, like I had some like health stuff that I was working through where like I was really struggling to stay awake because of um, like Epstein Barr retro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had a lot of shit going yeah, on. Yeah, I had some stuff. I had some shit going on. So, in order for me to, and again, this kind of goes back to, you know, this productivity capitalistic based mindset how high can we go? I had to stay awake in order to graduate from high school. I had to continue to perform as an accelerated, gifted learner and pretend like everything was fine while I was taking six AP classes when my body and my spirit were literally breaking down on me. And I was just like, well, I just have to keep pushing through. It's amazing. There's no other option. It's amazing what we push on high school kids. I know. Like, you shouldn't have to take college courses when you're in high school. I agree. I agree. That's for college. (laughs) And I feel like we could have an entire conversation about, you know, the education system another day. I'd love to fucking do that. Yeah. I'm so fucking sick of the education system. Uh, Okay. I don't don't (laughs) want to get going. I know. I get hated about it. Get get the conspiracy conspiracy theory alarm going off. They're trying to make us dumb. Um, Yeah. Literally. uh, Yeah. And kind of the sleep. and, And sometimes, and I'm kind of in a spot right now where caffeine's also. All, almost necessary. Like, and some of it is I'm doing things I want to do. I should have slept in this morning, but I got up and went to jujitsu and mm-hmm. I had to take caffeine to do that. But it's like, I kind of got to pick the lesser of two evils because if I don't get my, my struggle out for a couple of days, I start getting anxiety from that. Mm-hmm. And for me, and this is kind of is more of a personal, and I'm sure some people deal with this, but it might be more of a me thing. I really, you know, we've talked about it before. I really align with the warrior spirit. spirit, And if I don't get to express that for a few days, I get physically anxious. I get that. And I definitely have a similar circuitry because I feel very integrated in like my masculine and feminine polarities. I absolutely need to exercise a couple times a week in order for my mental health to stay stable. If I work out too much, um, I can definitely go in the other direction. And, you know, that's a whole other Mm -hmm. side of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But if I don't work out vigorously, two to four times a week and then have some leisurely activities like walking to the kava bar with my boyfriend, you know, once a week or, you know, going to the beach, like just spending some time outside with no purpose other than to just enjoy that experience. It will absolutely play into my anxiety. But even going into the other archetypes that are on the, you know, masculine archetypes, but I think that we all can resonate with them in some way or another. I definitely resonate with the magician archetype. Mm -hmm. And so 
having a spiritual practice and having different routines and rituals that are really embracing a little bit more of that magician ideology really bring me so much peace, whether it's meditation or even just like, you know, playing with my crystals or creating a new herbal concoction. Like that really genuinely brings me so much joy. Creation is really the core of the magician. Exactly. It's the creativity bit. And that is another huge part of the conversation with anxiety is that a lot of people don't have any sort of creative outlet. And And we need that as humans. I think people don't, there is a point where if we weren't creative, we were dead. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I think we have just become so obsessed with like our careers and moving forward and it's always up and up and up. And I know even earlier in the conversation when you were talking about how business was up and then it was down and it's kind of sideways and blah, blah, blah. That's like how life is supposed to go. It's not supposed to be always up Mm -hmm. all of the time. Life is cyclical and we have our highs and our lows, our ebbs and our flows. We move from spring to summer to fall to winter. It's this life, death and rebirth cycle that is just the undercurrent of everything that we experience in this world and we don't give ourselves enough compassion to realize that we're part of that nature and part of those same cycles. Mm Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I think just changing the mentality and accepting that can help with anxiety just in itself. I agree. And that's, I mean, that gets back to the psychological. A lot of things that we deal with mentally, like even depression, grieving, sometimes you just, part of getting through it, and a lot of times it's, it's hard to listen to someone else. Sometimes you got to get to that point on your own to really get it, but you just got to change your mentality. It's like the whole thing, like, yeah, you're sad because you lost this person, but in a lot of situations, they're not suffering anymore. Mm -hmm. And at what point, like, are you being selfish by wanting them here when they were suffering on earth? And it's like, there's that kind of aspect. And then anxiety, sometimes I have to remind myself, like, okay, I'm anxious about work, but I'm like, I also get paid really well. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of free time for what I get paid to do. A lot of people that make as much money as I make have zero free time. and I also work for like a very caring company that I don't have to worry about randomly getting fired. Like I'll know <laughs> months in advance if I'm going to get fired. Exactly. And, and yeah, I, go ahead. And, I, and I agree with that too, even with, um, you know, my work circumstances, which is a little bit more non-conventional. Um, sometimes I struggle with the idea of, oh, I need to be doing more. I need to be making more. I'm not where I thought I would be in my career at this point or whatever. You know, I played the comparison game with where, you know, some of my other friends are in their careers and where I'm at. And I'm like, oh, well, I should be so much farther. Like, why am I not there yet? And then I have to remind myself that one, I took a non-conventional path and that it is going to take a little bit of time and energy and effort for me to see the fruits of my labor. And I'm already starting to see them now and having to recognize how much I've grown, not just financially, but also internally. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is the first week since graduating from college that I've been able to wake up before 8 a.m. every single day. That's awesome. Yeah. Wins. Huge W because I've struggled with that for like three years, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's a huge win. And that brings up another point of anxiety is we we have to reframe from a a lack mindset to an abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. And like, if you really take a step back, 
let's take out like money. Let's just look at you as a person and like how you've developed and how you've changed and where you're at and the strength you've gained and, and the, the, the leap of faith that you took. You did all these things that are such positive, great things. And sometimes we, we have to get out of that compare mentality. Because a lot of times when we're comparing someone, we're comparing their life. So it's like almost playing a different game. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, a football player is going to get beat by a basketball player in basketball every time. <laughs> yeah. But put them on the football field. It's like you can't compare. It's like apples and oranges. So even if you look at somebody's life and you're like, man, they're really killing it in their career. They have a great job. They're making whatever X amount a year. I wish I was making that. But like, what hobbies do they have? What is their relationship like with their family? Like, uh, what, what, wh- what now is, what are they taking away from their future by focusing on this career now? Like, what, what opportunity cost is it to the career? Like, what do you have open in your life? And that's a big thing I struggle with is trying to just play my own game. Yeah. And also not to put yourself on a pedestal. And, you know, that goes both ways. And I always thought that if you put yourself or put somebody else on a pedestal, it was always like looking up or, you know, like I am so much better than other people or this person is so much better than me. But by putting anybody on a pedestal, you're saying that somebody is better than me and somebody is worse than me. If you remove the pedestal, we're all on the same playing field. Like nobody is better than you and nobody is worse than you. Like there's no room for comparison because we are all, you know, we're playing our own individual games, but we're playing those games together. And there's really no point in saying that your journey is worse than mine or better than mine. It's just, it's, it's it's a moot point, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think as long as we focus on ourselves and what is really bringing us the most joy and defining what success means to us as the individual. That's a good point. We are our biggest allies and our greatest critics. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we can play into the camaraderie that we have with ourselves and saying, hey, let's see, you know, how how good it can get. Not even how successful can we be, how productive can we be, how high can we get, but how good can it get? Mm -hmm. And having that mindset be what guides your life. That's a great distinction. I like that a lot, Cher. Let's let's kind of let's kind of um take it to a little more practical of a place Mm -hmm. right now because I think we've been talking a lot more about like philosophy and kind of the the mentality behind anxiety and what causes it. But let me ask you a question. Let's say you got a hundred, like got ten things to do on your to to do list. You don't have any time to do anything tomorrow. You feel like you don't have enough time today. You have a social event that night. You just you're overwhelmed. You're getting to that point. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. You're starting to get a little bit of a panic attack. That chest gets tight. Your breathing gets a little faster. What does Cher do to deal with that? Delegate. Delegate. Yeah. And that's something that I've really been learning how to do. I mean, for one thing, that this goes in a lot of different contexts. For one thing, if I f- am having a freak out moment, I'll probably call my friend and talk it out. And as soon as I'm done talking it out, I realize that it's not as big of a deal as I thought it was. I just get that ick out of my system. And then I can think more clearly and say, oh, okay, this is exactly what I need to be doing right now. I think this is important, but it's not urgent. So 
for one thing, prioritizing what is the most important and urgent things for me to be doing right now. And even if I have a list of 10 really important things to be doing, probably only about two or three of them are urgent. Like Mm -hmm. I need to do them before the weekend or it's, you know, not going to be good for me or good for somebody that really means a lot to me. Yeah. And And that's a good distinction too. Like sometimes whether it's important or not, like if it's important to somebody else, you probably need to get it done. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so once I figure out what those most important things are, um, I figure out a plan for how I'm going to get those things done. Uh, I usually try not to multitask, but if I can do a couple things at the same time, especially if I'm like working from home, for example, like if I can do laundry while I'm working on the schedule for next month, I Mm -hmm. should probably try to do both of those things at the same time. But going back to the idea of delegating, you know, I am so grateful to have a team and a tribe that I can rely on, my partner being one of those people. And if I tell him, hey, like, I am really struggling today, I really need to get this done and I don't think I have time, would there be any chance that you'd be able to help me out with this or help me out with this chore around the house or run to the store and grab this for me before we go out of town? And, you know, I also have friends that live close by to me that I know that if I needed to lean on them a little bit, that they would be there to, you know, help support me. Or if I just need the emotional support, even like I was talking about earlier, I know that I have people that I can turn to that can help me out. So that has been a huge lesson for me because, again, with the perfectionism, I've definitely been more of like... I almost want to call it like an internist. Like I internalize a lot of things and I will self-isolate and not let other people in when I'm feeling disempowered or that, you know, the world is against me, whatever the, you know, iteration of it may be. But if I take a breath and I realize how many and how much quality I have in the relationships that are in my life, then no matter what I've got on my plate, I know that I can handle it. That's great. Yeah. Delegating, just being honest with yourself and kind of reframing things. I like that a lot. Is there any supplements you take or anything that you know that you can maybe get some almost instant relief from that's not marijuana or alcohol? Yes, absolutely. I use essential oils a lot, as you guys know, and um, I use them both just like as, Mm -hmm. you know, aromatherapy oils, but I also have some supplements. I will say that doTERRA's adaptive supplements have been my saving grace over Mm -hmm. these past couple weeks. Um, They have a really nice blend of essential oils, but it also has a plant-based version of GABA receptors in it, and it can really just help alleviate a lot of that unnecessary anxiety. The GABA system is what, like, relaxes you before you go to bed, correct? Yeah, it's okay. um, it's an inhibitory, mm-hmm. like, re- receptor. So it just kind of, like, slows everything down. Not to the point where it's, like, you know, you're on, like, a benzo or something. <laughs> but it just kind of, like, when I take the adaptive, it is, like, a calm focus. Okay. So it really just allows me to remove anxiety and really see everything, every situation clearly. So that also helps me overcome, you know, whatever is on my plate or actually realize, oh, like, I think that's important, but that's not the most important thing for me to be doing right now. Or I can put that off until next week and I'll be okay. Um, 
I also really like magnesium. I take magnesium, magnesium regularly. We're all deficient in magnesium. Yeah. And then also, you know, this is a long-term thing, but just being mindful of my inputs and making sure that I'm eating whole foods regularly at every single meal and limiting my processed foods as much as possible because a lot of the additives or even the oils that foods are cooked in, whether they're from, you know, the supermarket and a packaged product, or you're going out to a store and getting some sort of fast food. And it doesn't even have to be like McDonald's fast food, but even like a fresh kitchen fast food or a Chipotle fast food, still probably not using the best oils at the end of the day. And those can cause inflammation. And sometimes you kind of just got to choose the lesser of two evils is, you know, okay, I don't have time to cook myself a meal and I really need to get this done. So I'm going to choose one of the healthier fast food options. But, you know, if you've got a little bit more time and you're a little bit more intentional earlier in the week, try to meal prep some Mm -hmm. really healthy stuff. And that will also alleviate anxiety so that you don't have to have other things on your plate. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a double whammy with the meal prep is you you save yourself time in the future. And then you, because I think also our, our anxiety a lot comes from a, a perception that we have a lack of time. Mm-hmm. So I think meal prepping one will help with that. And then two, you can control your, your inputs a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's rare to find a restaurant that doesn't use seed oils or like vegetable oils. Um, I think that's part of... Fresh Kitchen's mission statement, which Fresh Kitchen's only really a Tampa area thing, but I know there's other places, you know, and if it's a really healthy, health conscious place, ask them what oils they use. And if they're, if they're really about that life, they'll tell you and they'll use good oils. And then even still, you got to worry because a lot of mass produced olive oils are actually a mixture, even like avocado oil. Mm-hmm. A lot of avocado oils, like I know when I, when I go to the supermarket to get avocado oil, there's really only a couple brands that are actually pure avocado oil. A lot of them are mixtures with canola. That sucks. Um, so l- be mindful of that. I think seed oils are huge. Seed oils, sugar. Um, a thing for me too, especially if I get in a place where I've had a little bit too much caffeine is L-theanine. Mm-hmm. L-theanine is, is, and we've talked about it before, but L-theanine is what is in green tea. That's why you kind of don't, that's why I like green tea. I can sip on green tea all day and I don't really get too anxious. And I think part of that is because there's natural L-theanine in green tea. Mm-hmm. It's also not an excessive amount of caffeine. Um, I feel like I feel like when we talk about this conversation, anxiety, I think most people that are dealing with anxiety are probably consuming too much caffeine and probably consuming too much social media. And probably not sleeping enough. Yeah. And I think both of those play into sleep because a lot of people don't put their phones down until they go to bed or they're scrolling like while they're going to sleep. Yeah. And I used to do that, but that's like one of the biggest rules and that I've become very disciplined about is my phone is not in my room anymore. Like I put it outside. Like I know you said you put it in your bathroom and stuff sometimes, but just like out of the general area, as long as it's out of like arm's reach. Yes. Like you have to get up and get out of bed to get your phone. I think is important. And I think shutting your phone off an hour before bed is good. And then with caffeine, I'm not saying don't drink caffeine. I drink caffeine. Try you should you should not consume any caffeine probably after three. 
Yeah. And um, with both caffeine and phone, you should probably try to wait to consume both like media and caffeine until after an hour that you've been awake. Yeah. Because your cortisol levels are the highest when Mm -hmm. you wake up in the morning. And if you were playing into those cortisol levels, they're just going to stay super, super high and elevated throughout the day and just cause that, you know, adrenal, not adrenal fatigue. I know that's not like a real thing, but you know what I'm saying. It's going to keep your cortisol levels elevated. It isn't a real thing, but it is kind of a real thing. It is, it is. Like it may not be like physiologically or like biologically the way that people describe it, but like... But it's it's definitely a thing. It's just a fancy way to say burnout. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you're basically burning out your system when you're increasing your cortisol levels when they're already at their highest, like naturally, physiologically. So it's a lot better to um, allow yourself to come up naturally, you know, maybe drink some water, maybe drink some green tea if you really feel like you need something to just kind of get yourself up and moving. But better to go outside and get some fresh air, take um, a cold shower, cold shower, um, you know, Even read some a book. Breathing, <laughs> breathing exercises. Or move your body. So Do if, some Wim Hof, yeah. nasal breathing. Yeah, so just I think the way that you start your day and the way that you end your day is really important for the long-term benefits of decreasing anxiety and stress in your life. Most definitely, most definitely, yeah. And I would just say, you know, you were talking earlier about a spiritual practice and how it's kind of necessary. I think it's really necessary for everybody and a spiritual practice doesn't have to be prayer. It doesn't have to be, you know, reading horoscopes or doing things like that. A spiritual practice can just be sitting down and breathing for five minutes a day, having a gratitude journal, doing stuff like that. I know gratitude helps me with my anxiety. Like oh, sometimes yeah. I'll be anxious and I have to sit and think about all the things I'm grateful for. And also not just gratitude, but I have an issue of not remembering all the things I got done that day. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I just have to write down what I got done. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't a piece of shit today. I yeah. got like 10 things done. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I This think- is definitely a conversation that's not going to go away. Yes. And I'm sure that this will come up in different iterations and a lot of different conversations mm-hmm. um, throughout our time here in the Balance and Moderation podcast. Yeah. And but- actually, I just have one more thing to say about anxiety. Absolutely. Go for it. Sometimes anxiety means you just have to get your shit done. Yes. Sometimes I get anxiety and I'm like, Okay, maybe I'll just go out and work. Yeah. And then I work a full day and I'm like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a huge thing too. I think I've, I definitely struggled with that when I was, you know, at different points in my life. But most recently when I got out of my medical career, I would just was not up to a whole lot of stuff. And I was so anxious because I didn't know what I was doing with my life and I didn't know the right direction for me to go in. And, you know, more recently... I've just had the mentality of just start. Just move. Just do something. Sometimes movement is all you need. Exactly. And movement can be physical, but also mental. Definitely. And so just allow yourself to change, allow yourself to grow and be adaptable and avoid procrastination as much as possible. If you have something that's hanging over your head, you might just want to give yourself a five, four, three, two, one, get your ass up. Do it for five minutes and see how you feel afterwards. You don't have to do anything more than five minutes, but I'm sure that you're going to feel a lot better once you just rip off the Band-Aid and get moving. Love it.
Yeah. We put down a lot in this episode. Yeah. This was a good one. But so, anxiety is an important conversation. Absolutely. It's an ailment of our generations. And we are here to heal the collective or at least be a conduit and a catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. I like the, I like the team captains. Yes. Team <laughs> captains. All right, team. We're still on the same team. Yes. We're exactly. on the same field. Just kind of listen to us, but also do your own thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Love be it, creative. Sharon. Be creative. That's huge. And big love is always the motto. Dude, if you just live your life with big love, anxiety really kind of melts away. Exactly. Because part of big love is giving yourself big love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, yeah. So big love is the mood. We're going to close this out. It's been a great conversation. We finally got one in. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Minus technical difficulties. Exactly. Um, Cher, thank you for your patience um, this week dealing with, with all this stuff. I know that you have already said that it's not directly my fault. You're not upset about me, but just in general, I'm frustrated too. I've had to express some patience that I know you have as well. So I thank you for that. We are growing. We are mm-hmm. doing things. We are working to try to give more to our community. Um, things are a little up and down. We know that you are patient with us and we haven't posted for a couple of weeks. So thank you. We're back. We're doing it. And, you know, sometimes we're just not going to post. Yep. We and have that real is life. just part of life. And it's okay. It is okay. And uh, Memorial Weekend will be after we post this episode, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I hope everybody has a great Memorial Weekend. I hope you have a great time. Enjoy your weekend. Have a little bit of fun. And if you're feeling a little bit of anxiety after the weekend, I think this is a great episode for you. But we also just had another one over the last couple of weeks, um, which is really good. What was that one entitled? Like, uh, how to Stay Healthy During the Summer. Yes. Which is kind exactly. of like a kickoff Memorial Day is kind of the kickoff, exactly. kickoff to the summer. Exactly. So, and also happy Gemini season, everybody. What up? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just remembered a Bud Light commercial. Oh, my God. Did you ever? <laughs> no, I don't think I did. Which one was It was that? such a misogynistic commercial. Oh, it was no. like It was like a Bud Light commercial, and they'd say all the things that were good, and then they would go, and twins, and it would be like two hot blonde chicks. Oh, my God. It would be like football God. and beer. That's so <laughs> And funny. trucks and twins. Oh, my God. I think I vaguely remember that somewhere deep in oh, my psyche. 90s commercials were the best commercials. Yeah, Just exactly. that, Not PC. Throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah. All right. All well, right. Closing it out. Uh, you want me to close it out? You want me to close it out? I can close I'll, it out. I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, welcome or goodbye <laughs> to the Balance and Moderation podcast. Thank you for tuning in and being patient with us and riding this wave of life. I am Sheridan. I'm at The Soul and Science on both Instagram and TikTok. Rob is at Wellness Rob on Instagram. We have a shared Instagram where you guys can tune in and hear about future episodes, new episodes that are releasing, and then also just some daily life tips and tricks that we want to share with you guys as our community is growing. That's at the BAM podcast on Instagram. If you love this episode, please share it with somebody that you love in your life that you think would benefit from it. And please don't forget to leave us a review and show us how much you love us because it really does mean a lot to us and it helps us grow our community so that we can bring more big love to a global scale. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you guys tremendously and we hope you guys have a great day. Love you. See you.
Hey everyone, Rob here. Really appreciate you listening to our episode. Just real quick, this podcast is for information and inspiration purposes only. Any personal opinions or views do not replace medical advice. Balance and Moderation recommend all listeners embarking on their wellness journey to do so under appropriate supervision by a healthcare provider. Thanks.